It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It is a Friday, and I am so glad you made it. DJ from Gillette, before I even get on the air, she sends me a note. Uh, Have a good show, weirdo. Yeah, well, you know, I take that as a compliment. I Really, I do. I embrace weirdness. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. I think we pretty much started the week. It happened over the weekend where the whole Chinese spy balloon thing was happening. Well, now they've been pulling pieces out of the ocean. So let's take a look at what we know so far. Some of the writing on some of the pieces were in English and made by more Western companies. Some of it's Chinese stuff. I don't know what all of that means, but that's it so far. Also, a lot of antenna. Here's from a reporter who sends out this tweet. U.S. officials say China's military is likely behind balloon surveillance program that's targeted more than 40 countries. The Chinese balloon that crossed the U.S. was outfitted with antennas likely capable of collecting communications, a senior State Department official said on Thursday, adding that the Biden administration is preparing to take action against China's surveillance program. Don't know what that means, but they said they're going to. Providing details the U.S. gathered since tracking and shooting down the balloon, officials said the balloon was also equipped with a large solar panel capable of powering an array of intelligence collection sensors. The manufacturer of the balloon has a direct relationship with the Chinese military, officials added. Newt, well, hang on, hmm, because Chinese, Chinese lied? No, Chinese were saying, oh, it's a private company. The new details come as intelligence, military, and diplomatic officials prepared to brief members of the White House and Senate on Thursday about the Chinese balloon downed last week. Now, During the balloon's eight-day passage over North America, the State Department said U.S. uses high-altitude U-2 aircraft to gather information about the craft. The U.S. also examined debris from the craft pulling out of the coastal waters of the Carolinas. So, okay, I'm just looking for any other information Looks like they're letting it flow across the country. Okay, I'm just seeing, was there anything else here? Chinese surveillance balloon shot down that was during the course of the week. Okay, and then it goes back into the story um, that happened earlier this week. Now, I think that's about all of the new information that we have right now as far as the whole Chinese balloon thing goes, which means every time 
you look up into the sky now and see something up there, you're not going to think UFO like aliens from outer space. You're probably going to go ahead and blame China. Oh, wait a second. That's not the one that I wanted. Hey, John, here's what I put together from what you wrote. This is I'm talking to John and Gillette. Hello? Jenkins? Yes, sir? Yes, sir? Uh, Jenkins, the airline has screwed up again, and I'm stranded in Mexico. Sir, I am so sorry. How can I help? Oh, well, I need you to pick me up when I land. I hired a guy to fly me up in a balloon. Sir, I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? They let that balloon fly all the way across the country. I just want to get across the border. Sir, there are a lot more trigger-happy about balloons this week. Why would they care? I'm coming across the southern border. They don't care about anyone else coming that way into the U.S. I hate to tell you this, but you're an old, rich, white guy. They would probably shoot you down for that alone, much less crossing the border. What if I identify as a refugee? Will it be a white balloon? Pinata colored. They'll be expecting candy when it explodes or... Fentanyl. Probably the fentanyl. Okay, so that was John up in Gillette who wrote that bit and sent his part. And I'm, of course, the voice of the boss. So I get to add that to the file of Jenkins and the boss. Good one, John. So I'm thinking if we do this right from now on, because that sucker was just allowed to flow cross country. And we did hear that the Pentagon was tracking that for quite a ways and monitoring it and watching what it was doing. That we should come up with a way that when we see one of these things, it can be taken care of immediately. In fact, let me take a look at here. Let's see. Of, okay. There are, you can go ahead and get online and take a look at various tracks of the Chinese spy balloon and how it came to the United States. So it leaves, goes up over Alaska, Aleutian Islands, comes down over Canada. So the Canadians might want to be worried about that, too, because it covered part of Canada and then gets into Montana. Here in Wyoming, it actually crossed right overhead Devil's Tower, which is why I was saying at the time, if it had slowed down, come to a stop over Devil's Tower, then started to descend, we're screwed. But it does it that way because that's the way the winds way up in the atmosphere like that was pushing it along. Now, that's not the only track that it can take. There's other ways that it can do it. Oh, look, here's a picture from the North Pole looking down at the track of the, of the Chinese spy balloon, which is something this particular map I'm looking at right now is something that the Flat Earth Society would just love. But anyway, yeah, it went right across Alaska down across a good chunk of Canada, and then finally into the United States. So I wonder, do we get Canada involved in something like this? Now, again, as far as what we're pulling out of the ocean, that's all I have for you so far. I looked this morning for other details. There's even pictures of these guys uh, pulling debris out, and some of it's down at the bottom. When I say bottom, we're talking Atlantic and off the coast of what, South Carolina. So we're not talking incredibly deep. In most cases, divers can get to that. Okay, So they're looking for the debris as it settled down, which is not all in one area, of course. It kind of just spreads out. But what they've pulled out so far does contain a lot of electronics and antenna. 
and what exactly that means and what they were doing with it don't know yet be interested to find exactly what they were up to that they needed to do with a balloon that they couldn't have done with a regular spy satellite other than when i look at all of the antenna it's listening devices you know that that's the best i can think of right now don't know but okay from now on before it even enters our airspace over alaska we should be able to take care of it right there right alright is the time let's wake up Wyoming. sometimes the best is live on AM 1030 K2 radio and the wake up Wyoming mobile app Six seventeen, up six eighteen. Now's the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Grandpa Rich in Thermopolis. They said they put a U two up to track the balloon. Yeah, apparently one of the things they did to track the balloon was put up a one of the older U two spy planes to find out and just kind of go around and you know take a look at it. You know something that can fly a little bit slower like that and have and get up to that altitude too because it's at 60 some thousand feet and your regular fighter jet's not going to get up that high but a u2 can get up nice and close relatively speaking to that hey wait a second before i get on to the next topic i produced this bit and i think i may have only played it once want to hear it again world events overpopulation and climate change got you down was thanos correct Perhaps the last thing you should be doing right now is bringing another human being onto this walking space. Hello, I'm Dr. Tracy. Let's face it, it's hard to save the planet when you're an overly sexually active lefty. And every new little baby we add adds massive amounts of carbon dioxide to our atmosphere during its lifetime. If you're a guy who just wants to save the planet, or a guy who's trying to hook up with the hot liberal college ladies and are looking for any virtue signaling advantage you can dream up, come see me for a little, uh, snipperino. Yes, vasectomies are the latest trend among liberal men who are trying to save the planet or score through virtue signaling, whatever. For just a few moments of your time and a couple of quick, uh... Snippos. We can make sure your carbon footprint doesn't get any larger than will you. And don't worry, it's all paid for. The entire procedure is built toward conservative organizations who want to see as few liberals breeding as a... <clears throat> I mean, we charge conservatives because they need to do their part. Sure, let's go with that. Yes, two minutes and two testicles can stave off tons of CO2. For each baby you don't have, a come see me. A save the planet. Get a little snippy today. Okay, I put that one over there in the climate file. Maybe next time we talk about the whole climate change thing, I can go ahead and bring that up. Just archiving stuff while I'm on with you. Let's talk eggs for just a minute. Oh, hello, Junkman's in Alliance. Remember a real estate company called Remax used a balloon in their commercial? Maybe China is looking for more property to buy. <laughs> but Remax sells property. That's the thing. So I would think a Chinese balloon, they uh, confiscate property because it's China. But, all right, wholesale egg prices have collapsed. So you consumers out there might see some relief soon. There's been a lot of problems with egg prices. One of them that I was watching a reporter going around the country talking about why egg prices are so high. And forget what all of the economists and politicians say. And this guy went to where they raise chickens and the chickens make eggs. 
And one of the things that many of the what are you, chicken farmers or ranchers, what do you call them, that they said was they're not laying. And many of them blamed a certain kind of feed that they were using, and they quit using that feed, and the chickens started laying eggs again. That was one of the reasons that I heard for high prices. All right, so from CNBC, egg prices rose to record highs in December. A dozen large-grade eggs had more than doubled in price. Historic outbreak of bird flu in the U.S. disrupted production sharply. Wholesale egg prices have fallen more than 50% since December. Retail egg prices may soon follow. Okay, reading on. Wholesale egg prices have created in recent years have uh, just dropped the dynamic of egg prices from the wholesale to retail market. In addition, there's a delay there, right? Prices fell to $2.61 per dozen Monday, a 52% decrease from the peak round of 543 in December. And that was a 47% decrease from the beginning of 2023. A market research firm that specializes in the wholesale food industry says its uh, Midwest large white egg price benchmark is widely cited as a barometer of the egg industry. Quote, prices have collapsed. That's a big adjustment, and it's downward. Now, when I look at the graph they have in front of me, when I take a look at egg prices for 2019, and then I take a look at this big spike, they kind of go up and down, right? And then all of a sudden, there's a massive peak in between 2022 and 2023, especially this massive peak. They've dropped, prices have dropped a lot, but they're nowhere near down to the 2019 level. But the, the drop is really a good one still. In a year characterized, the story says, by historically high inflation, Egg prices were a standout in 2022, rising faster than almost all other consumer items. Average retail price increased about 60% in 2022. In December, a dozen large grade-A eggs could be 425 on average. I know some of you folks out there were showing me pictures of you went to the grocery store and what's this eight bucks for? Yeah, it got that high in some places, like eight bucks. There was a case in Casper, Wyoming, and I kind of figured this is just the law of supply and demand and so on. So in Casper, a Walmart put up on social media, hey, we have a dozen eggs for a dollar. They had a bunch of cartons of eggs. Prices had gotten so high that there is no way they could sell them. Nobody was going to buy eggs at those prices. Well, the eggs are going to go bad. There's a shelf life on those. So what are they going to do? They would like to make some money back. And they also understand if somebody shows up to buy eggs, they might just go buy something else too. So they marked it down to a dollar for a dozen. And you better believe those eggs went fast. But that's what happens when you know the eggs are going to go bad and nobody's buying them. Deadliest outbreak, and this, this story here says bird flu. Deadliest outbreak of bird flu in history, killing millions of birds. That disrupted the egg supply. Now, I've heard that, and I'm not discounting it, but I've also heard from people who are in the business specifically of making eggs or having eggs made by the birds say that, yeah, but we've been using this feed and the chickens haven't been laying until we switched back to the older feed we used to use. 
that's what they were saying. I probably legitimate because those are people who are in the industry, the people actually out there on the farms. The disease, the story says, which is contagious, lethal, affects many different types of birds. All right, so, uh, and then it talks about a bird influenza. Typically, a rare case of bird flu is detected. Farmers must cut off their flocks in order to save the entire flock. One group, Farm Action, asked the Federal Trade Commission to investigate the possibility of a collusive scheme among ant suppliers rather than bird flu. There were some people wondering, is there some scheme out here? There haven't been any new bird flu outbreaks among commercial table eggs since uh, December 20th, according to this. Now, as far as the scheme goes, this is sometimes I look at price gouging schemes and I think, I don't think, it's not that they don't happen. Price gouging schemes do happen, but I don't think people who engage in it understand what really happens. If you jack the price up too much, you're not going to make more money off of it. People will not, like happened in the Walmart and Casper, people will look at that price and go, I'm not buying that. One of the reasons that Walmart is so successful is not because of high prices. Walmart is so successful because their prices are so low. It's one of those things where they, they make high profit off of volume, not off of high prices. Okay, so the story here says a prolonged period of setbacks in egg productions, given suppliers a, a reprieve in the market. Consumer demand also typically wanes anyway during high price times. U.S. recently cited consumers resisting buying at the grocery store because they're just not going to pay those prices for eggs. Again, the law of supply and demand means eventually those prices come down. Weekly egg data from the USDA is spotty. But again, they're seeing that hopefully soon a decrease comes your way to the grocery store. Now, on that note, I just got done with a story, which maybe oh, let's see, uh, I see. I John Tucker Carlson did a story uh, on eggs, uh, chickens not laying eggs. Okay, uh, that wouldn't. Yeah, I've seen that in a couple of places. So I wouldn't doubt it made it to Tucker Carlson too. That why aren't chickens laying eggs? I don't know. Now, on that supply and demand note, and I'll touch on it after the news and information break we're about to hit here, but there's a story that I came across out of Jackson, Wyoming. It showed a guy who's living in Jackson, and he has a full-time job, and he's making $20 an hour, but he's living at a homeless shelter because he can't afford an apartment. Now, right away, the people doing this short little documentary, they say, well, wealth in this area is not evenly distributed. Okay. Once again, people who don't understand basic economics. And there is a solution to this problem, which I brought up in the article that I wrote, which is on the Wake Up Wyoming website. So I'll talk about that in the next segment because, yeah, in Jackson, where prices have become outrageously high, once again, this is something that's not sustainable. In most cases, when you see something like this, people want government to step in and do something. Like with egg prices, there were those who were yelling, well, government's got to step in and do something about No, wait. It'll correct. Bubbles like this happen from time to time, and it's really annoying. It is horrible, but wait, because it'll correct itself if you understand natural market forces. You'll know why. Just give it a bit, ride it out, it'll correct itself. 
weird bubbles come and go. Jim and Casper, so where does this leave the eggheads of the world? Uh-huh, yeah, and the rest of the front. Well, you know, eggheads, I used to always call eggheads smart people. That's what I used to refer to eggheads as. But in your case, I think you mean scrambled eggheads, Jim. Coming up on local news, weather forecast. And we'll talk about the Jackson Hole story. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Six thirty-six to time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. So, a man making twenty dollars an hour in Jackson Hole and living in a homeless shelter. This is a short little documentary I came across, where they just uh, this guy had never been to Jackson Hole, really hadn't a good reporter, hadn't heard the story, and just went around talking to people who are average blue collar workers. And it's a typical story you've heard me talk about before, where there's people who are laborers in Jackson, whether they work in hotels or restaurants, you know, jobs like that. And many of them are double, tripled, quadrupled, and so on up in apartments, whatever they can find to live in. Many of them move around a lot. That Part of the reason is so they're all settled in and living somewhere, and then the rent goes through the roof again. And they all have to move around again. So moving around ends up being quite a thing. This guy that was in this short little film documentary I was working or watching earlier this morning, he was working. This is typical. Working for a restaurant, I believe it was, and the restaurant provided a place for him to stay along with all the other employees. Since they can't afford their own place, that's part of the deal and we'll give you a place to stay. A lot of business owners doing that, right? But the hours were long, too long, no overtime pay, which is, I believe, illegal, but anyway. So he was being told to work too many hours and not get enough compensation for it, and he complained about it. And he was told, well, if you don't work these hours, you can't stay here because it's only for the people who put up all of this work. So he keeps his job, but he's not pulling the god-awful hours that he was told with no overtime pay. And because of that, he's not allowed to stay at the employee apartments. So now he's staying at the homeless shelter. Now, the only problem I have, because so far as I'm watching this, they're talking about the different employees who have all sorts of different jobs around Jackson and how they should be making a good wage. I mean, $20 an hour, you ought to be doing pretty good, right? And yet somehow these people are just not making it. Well, now here's where the guy who's putting together this short little documentary starts going off the rails with me. He says, well, the problem is there's all of these billionaires. There's not an even distribution of wealth. And he starts talking about income inequality. Okay, first off, wealth is not distributed. It is created and it is earned. But it's not something that's distributed. For countries that have tried distributing wealth evenly to make it all fair, everybody wound up equally poor. That's worked every time it's tried. Here's my question to the people, though, that work in Jackson under these conditions. Now, many, many, many years ago when I was young 
and really dumb. I took a job at a radio station because I thought that, wow, that, that pay looks pretty good. And when I got there, I found out that the cost of living in the area was well above what I was getting paid. The money sounded good, but I hadn't researched and how much does it cost to live there. And then I complained, I'm not going to be able to live on this. Well, I'm told that's what we pay. We can't pay anymore. Oh, well, I could get a part-time job, I guess. But then I started looking into, well, where can I go to stay in my industry? But my pay would, I would actually be able to make a living. And so I found another job somewhere else and I left. And I wonder oftentimes the people who are just your average workers in Jackson, those people, again, the the police, the fire, sure, but also your hotel and restaurant workers and your your grocery store workers, all of those people. There's so many of them working there and they're struggling. And I keep hearing these sob stories about, well, they can't afford to live here. Then why do you do it? Leave. There's jobs all over the place. It's not like there's a shortage of jobs out there. It is all over the place. Go. Go someplace where the cost of living is better. And as Jackson starts to lose its workforce, you'll find them quickly start coming up with solutions to fix the problem. This is what I mean by let the market sort it out. Bubbles like this happen from time to time. That's why I was talking about eggs earlier. Junk man in Alliance. My neighbor went up to was it Chadron Walmart to buy monthly stock groceries. Said they had an overstock of eggs in another location and a lot cheaper. Also, he started reading labels on cans and said he's amazed at the number of food products made in China. Yeah, there are quite a few food products made in China. Yeah, but the see, I started this with the egg bubble. We recently just went through this massive increase in the price of eggs. And right away, there were those people with a price gouging going on. Conspiracy theories popped up all over the place. And I looked at it and thought, mm, whatever the case is, whatever's going on, whether it's something nefarious going on, what I don't know, whatever it might be. If you just step back and wait and watch the market, you find that a correction happens. Okay? That's the, the, the beauty of capitalism. Kind of like, again, we started seeing eggs at a Walmart in Wyoming selling for a dollar a carton before they went bad. And now the price of eggs is starting to drop. Same thing will happen in Jackson if this keeps up. 6.42 is the time. You know why they put bills on cows? Because their horns don't work. Ah! This weather update on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. Six forty-nine is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino is waiting by. Okay, we're coming up on Super Bowl. That means I grab some Super Bowl trivia for you to see how well you do. Let's see how well I do. Okay, what team? Has won the most. San Francisco? Uh let's see. Pittsburgh Steelers and New England Patriots oh, six. The Patriots, each. yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it's the 49ers okay. won five. All right. What teams haven't appeared in a single? Detroit, Cleveland. There's about six of them. 
Uh, Houston and Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which Super Bowl halftime show preceded a stadium blackout? Which halftime show yeah. preceded mm-hmm. a stadium blackout? Yeah. No clue. Okay. Beyonce, 2013. Oh, she's, okay. she's tomorrow. Is that? I guess they're having her back then. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting that she's been. I. It'd be interesting to see who's appeared in more than one halftime show. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they go on too long. Yeah, I mean, think ha- so. Yeah. Long. How long is the average halftime show? Like, well, I would say by the time the players get in the locker room, by the time they start to you know get out from the field in the second half, it's a half an hour. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I know you want these guys to rest, but you don't want them to cool down. Well, right, yeah, because you know it's almost like two games. You right. Know, like, Come on, guys. You know. Okay. All right. You know. You know. We. we it's. It's. This is one I think you will know. Okay. What team has participated in the most Super Bowls? Not one, but been in the most. Been in the most? Yeah. Let's see. I'm surprised that you... Okay. Would it be New England? Yes. Of course. 11. Yeah. Yeah, that's 11 for New England. That's not bad at all. Well, now, that's one of those things where, of course, you want to win every single one. But if you've been in that many, that's impressive, too. Yeah, that's a Tom Brady thing. High school basketball from yesterday, Rock Springs swept Kelly Walsh in the boys-girls doubleheader. The Tigers won the boys' game 66-48 and the girls' game 48-28. Tonight in boys and girls play, Kelly Walsh will host Star Valley. Natrona goes to Laramie. Sheridan will be at Cheyenne South. Thunder Basin at Cheyenne Central. Campbell County will be at Cheyenne East. Also, Wheatland at Glenrock, Luskett, Burns, and Midwest will be at Upton. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls cruise past a bad Utah State team in Laramie last night, 70-48, to improve the 16-8 overall, 9-4 about in West Play. Utah State is just 4-20 and this year. Allison Furtick, the Douglas native, with 22 points for the Cowgirls, going 8-for-8 eight eight from the field. UW led 18-2 after one quarter of play, and that was that. Cowgirls will host Air Force uh, tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the double line. In men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at Boise State tomorrow. It's been a brutal season for the Pokes, and we all know that. They're 2-9 and nine in Mountain West play, 7-16 and 16 overall with seven scholarship players available. Boise State is having a solid season at 8-3 and three in league play and 18-6 and six overall. That's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Boise. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. In junior college basketball, the Casper College teams will host, host Northwest DePaul tomorrow at 2-4. and four. T-Bird women are 22-3 and three and ranked 17th in the country. The men are 18-5. and five. The LCCC teams will host Central Wyoming tomorrow at the Story Gym in Cheyenne at 4 and 6 p.m. The LCCC women are 16-8 and eight and the men are 13-9. and nine. High school wrestling from last night in the Trona beat Kelly Walsh to win the Miller Cup of 48-16 and Cheyenne's Nip Cheyenne Central 36-30. In Alpine skiing, those folks will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. The Nordic skiers will be at a meet hosted by Cody. Casper will host an indoor track meet tomorrow. And coming up on Sunday in football at a Super Bowl 57 as Kansas City will take on Philadelphia and Glendale, Arizona. The Eagles with former Wyoming Cowboy Marcus Epps in their defensive secondary. He's made 94 tackles this season, so he'll be one to watch. Philadelphia last won the Super Bowl in 2018. Kansas City in the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. They beat San Francisco in 2020 and lost to Tampa Bay in 2021. Philadelphia is a point and a half favorite. That is a 4-30 kickoff on Sunday. Point and a half. That's not much. Yeah, it's good. I think it's going to come down to the last play of the game. You I'm going to go so. Philadelphia okay. 27, Kansas City 24. Okay. Field goal on the last play of the game. Okay, so you're going with Philadelphia then. Yes. Okay. Remember, everybody who's betting, whatever yeah. Frank yeah. says. Take Kansas City, yeah. <laughs> Just go ahead and do the opposite, yeah. and you'll make yeah. a ton of money on something I like know, that. Okay. I know. I know. So now when we watch these two teams, though, since they've both recently been in one, 
So I guess we have a lot of players that were just in. Or do we have all new players here? Well, well some, some are returnees. Okay. Most, mostly for Kansas City. I mean, Philadelphia, it's been, it's been a few years. Right. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very competitive game. Very good game. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Okay, we're coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And then it's going to be news time, national, local update on the weather forecast. Back to you and I again. I, real quick, in the next hour, I'm going to talk about Disney. Because I came across several stories here about how Disney is just screwing up, going all woke. I grew up around Disney, being a Florida boy. And, of course, Disneyland, Epcot, all of that was right up MGM Studios, right up the road from me. I used to go all the time. I, I love Disney movies and going to Disney. At this point, I'm with everybody else. If they don't stop it, I'm just done until they change their ways and go back to their old ways. Let's wake up my own. The time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It is a Friday, and I am so glad that you made it. 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Real quick, I sent a note to Miss Mary, and I just want to toss this out on here, but it's not going to help, but I'm going to toss it out there anyway. So I wrote an article that I talked about this last hour about a man who is in Wyoming making $20 an hour, and yet he's homeless. He's got a full-time job, makes $20 an hour, and he's homeless. How does that happen? Now, the title, the article is not a clickbait title. I just only have so much room to fit in you know, what this is about. So read the article. Take a look at what's going on before you comment. And people on social media are making all sorts of comments about it. They skim the headline. They think they got it, and they're making all sorts of comments, and they have no idea what they're talking about. That is very typical on the Internet, I find, that people see something written they don't read the article or they half read what's posted and make all sorts of assumptions and then start posting all sorts of opinions and they have no idea what they're talking about. Just take your time and read them because you end up making yourself look bad when you do that. Okay. All right. So I'm going to pick on Disney for just a minute. But first. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, Torons, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Now, as I'm going to pick on Disney here, Rianne Ford Danger says, Disney is trash, pure woke trash. And that's put in it lightly. Not really what I want to call it. Now, I understand. I grew up, as you know, Florida boy, and Orlando was just up the road. They got all the different parks, Disney and MGM and Epcot, you know, and I would go there. What a great time. Loved Disney movies, too, as a kid growing up. When something from Disney was coming on or if Disney was involved in any way, I wanted to go see it because it was such good stuff, really entertaining stuff. Then they started going woke. Now, the first thing that bothered me is when they started putting disclaimers 
on some of my favorite movies. That really kind of bothered me. You know, I mean, there's, um, let's see if I can call some of them up over here and say all the details, okay? <clears throat> yeah, well, I know there are some movies out there like um, Dumbo that has a disclaimer on it. Yeah, Dumbo. You better watch out if you're watching Dumbo because there's a disclaimer on it. And there's a lot of other movies that you and I might have remembered from when we were kids that were some of our favorite kid movies that were made even before our time, during our parents' time. And now they have all sorts of disclaimers on them. You you, you should watch out because... And then they see they took over the Star Wars franchise as well. Some of that went really well. Some of that didn't. But again, they started to destroy every little thing and then got woke to the point. Did you hear recently there's this cartoon that actually they've got a bunch of kids singing in a very angry way, cartoon kids, singing things like Lincoln did not free the slaves, you know. It gets really bad. I mean, it's just, it's it's hate. It's just pure hate. I'm looking at a tweet here. Disney clip is pure uh, critical race theory, including insane conspiracy theory that Lincoln did not free slaves. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Disclaimer appears in films like Aladdin, Dumbo, Peter Pan. So if you're going to go watch those, they have disclaimers. Watch out now. Because some of this stuff that's in here, stereotypical, et cetera, et cetera, right? And between that cartoon that's been a lot, just recently, that's been on all of the news about, again, critical race theory working its way in. Oh, and Disney recently just laid off about 7,000 employees. But also, there's, um, see, what's this one Disney ended up cutting off? About uh, how many people? 2.4 million people as well. Disney shares up Thursday on news that the company is cutting costs and getting rid of 7,000 employees. But the real news is that the formerly family-friendly studio lost 2.4 million streaming subscribers. Yeah, driving people away. They just lost 2.4 million streaming subscribers. That's a lot. And... It's continuing to hemorrhage, and most of this is just because they've gone so uber-woke with a lot of the content that they're creating with no sign of stopping. Now, okay, to me, it's not a matter if whether you agree with what they're saying in their movies and television shows and cartoons and so on. It's not a matter of that, whether you agree or not. Some time ago, remember in football, it all started with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. And I'm not a sports fan, but I said, you know, I know a lot of sports fans, and I know what they are there for. They watch sports to escape. They just want to be entertained, and sports does it for them. And if you start bringing politics or social issues into it, you're going to lose them. And sure enough... Ratings went way down until it stopped, and then people started coming back. People just want to be entertained. Disney hasn't learned that yet, although I wonder, though, if their channel has just lost 2.4 million subscribers. And again, more is going to come. And the more in-your-face woke they get, and it's not even, again, about their opinion. It's not even that. 
I go to Disney to their movies, their television shows, and I haven't been in quite a while, but to their theme parks and enjoyed the hell out of them because I just wanted to step away for a while and be entertained. And Disney entertains at every level from the little kid to the teenager to the kid in all of us. If you're an adult, you still enjoy Disney because it speaks to the kid in all of us. But then the moment they come in with some kind of a message and start getting in your face and preaching, destroys it, doesn't it? Is that what you're there for? No, it's not. And so here, once again, their viewership is way down. They're losing money at their theme parks as well. For the same reason that a while ago, football started to lose some money because everybody started taking a knee and it started getting political. And that's not why the fans show up. The fans show up to escape for a while. So why do you have to put politics into it or social issues into it or any point of view? Do that on your own time. To all Disney employees out there of whatever level, do that on your own time. When you show up at work, just be Disney. Just entertain. Well, to lose 2.4 million subscribers, losing money at the box office, having problems at their parks, just laid off about 7,000 employees, you would think at some point that Disney might wake up. Let's see if they do. Because they, they've been a part of our culture for such a long time. My entire life, anyway. Hate to lose them over this. They, they are going woke. They need to wake up. Rachel, there's an event this Saturday, Casper FFA. Hello, Rachel. How are you? Hi, Glenn. I'm good. How are you? Good. What you got for me? I'm good. Well, okay. Um, we are the Casper FFA alumni and supporters. We're like a booster club for the local FFA chapters at NC, Kelly Walsh, NCY. Okay. And... Uh, I don't know if you know anything about FSA. But a little bit because my nieces awesome. were in it, yeah. Oh, yeah. They do competitions, and uh, they're awesome kids. Anyway, um, there there aren't enough dances anymore in the year, so we're doing a Valentine's Sweetheart dance, a okay. barn dance, actually, this Saturday, and we're doing it at the Armory. Uh, we're going to make that into a barn. <laughs> oh, Okay. Does that mean bringing and, in animals and letting them wander around no. and smell the place up? No, okay. No animals. Um, there might be um, some animal-like dancing going on, but oh, okay. no, just, That's just, uh, totally the thing, whole yeah. family's welcome. Yeah, okay. High school kids, young kids, parents. If you want to, you know, if you have nothing to do and you're thinking about a way to celebrate your Valentine, mm-hmm. come by and swing around the dance floor. Okay. That sounds good. Now, people need to like get tickets. Can they get them at the door in advance? How does this work? They can get them. Uh, if you go to Facebook and go to our page, it's Casper FFA Alumni, mm-hmm. and uh, you can click on a link that it, there. It's ten dollars a person or twenty five per family of three or more. Okay. You can just pay at the door if that's easier, but. Um, it's at the Armory from 7 to 11 on the 11th, on okay. Saturday night. Sounds good. We're having a silent auction, too. There's going to be awesome stuff uh, in a silent auction, and the Armory guys are going to be on hand to talk to the kids if they're interested 
you know, recruiters on hand. <laughs> we have a place to take a, uh, photos uh, with a barn-like kind of background. It's, it's going to be fun. All right. Sounds like a great time. Thank you, Rachel. Okay. Thanks, Glenn. 717 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. To save Wyoming from boring morning radio, that man is Glenn Woods. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. danger here she says glenn this is why i watch shows i enjoy over and over and don't care to see anything new coming out except maybe the cocaine bear yeah i got to see the cocaine bear that looks fun now there's really a lot of good television and movies that have come out but yeah you got to watch it because all of a sudden they have to insert kind of some kind of a message in it woke or whatever the hell else and that's not why i'm there and so i do try to look and filter when it comes to new stuff and there's plenty of times I was enjoying a television show, and I bailed on it. Oh, God, here you go. You got to do that again. Perfectly good show. You ruined it because you think it's an opportunity to preach at me, which is not why I'm here. It's for entertainment. Mike from Leeds, South Dakota. My Looney Tunes DVD have Whoopi apologizing for everything. Really? (laughs) I just it gets me if you're just joining me. I was talking about Disney for just a moment, where uh, they've they ruined it. Disney just laid off seven thousand employees. Their parks are not doing what they used to do. Their movies are not doing what they used to do, and they just lost about two point four million subscribers on their television station, which is huge. And this is really because everything they're doing just keeps getting more and more woke, and that's not why people show up to Disney. Just entertain us. Okay. Everything doesn't have to have some kind of bizarre message in it. Quit listening to that crowd. Just entertain. That's a good thing to do. And if you want to go ahead and get involved in some cause, do that on your own time. All right. Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods, the phone number. Here we go again with this. Every once in a while, we get into a real serious cold snap. And somebody has to step up and say, don't warm up your car. Save the planet. Now, I've many times pointed out why we should warm up our car, especially when temperatures, like in Wyoming, get as cold as they can get. It's kind of a must. And it's not just a matter of our personal comfort. It's also good for the vehicle. And I've explained why. Here's the latest Wyoming public media. Preventing pollution can be as simple as not warming up your car. The town of Jackson recently reminded its residents not to idle their cars all in the winter. At the moment, it's the only town in Wyoming that has uh, idle-free. They're trying to reduce fuel consumption and improve the environment. Quote, I think idle-free is best described as a win-win. It's better for your car. It is not. Not to idle it and, and save gas as well said a University of Wyoming air quality researcher. It used to be beneficial to uh, for older cars to idle, but in modern cars, that's not true. You can turn your car off and on, and it doesn't waste gas. They have digital emissions. Okay. When, I've gone through this before. When temperatures get in Wyoming 
into the single digits and sub-zero it is, and I've had mechanics call this program, good for your car to let it warm up a bit. But it also helps when I go out there to clean off my car and there's ice stuck to it like you wouldn't believe. Snow all over the place. But again, that ice is a good idea to let it warm up on the inside because that loosens that stuff. So when I go out there to brush everything off, it just brushes right off. Plus, you know, for me, I get out of my nice warm house and I go to my vehicle and again, the temperatures are single digits or sub-zero and blowing hard. I don't want to stand out there wiping off and scraping ice and all of that in that kind of weather. I'm not doing it. So it's better for me. That's horrible to say that I should stand out there in that kind of weather, scraping ice off of my windshield, when I could just let it loosen up because I warmed up my car and brush it right off. And again, it's good for the car. Murphy said vehicle emissions from idling contribute to particle pollution, which is tiny pieces of solids in the air and things like dirt. In cities like Los Angeles, that has a lot of particle pollution and traffic and so on. Vehicle emissions are one of the biggest causes of pollution. Increased vehicle emissions can also cause, uh, well, uh, not only do, does it help particulate matter in the air, but he's just talking about bad public health and bad for the environment in general is what he says. So every so often I hear one of these stories, don't idle your car. When, okay. I can see if my car is already warm, and let's say I pull up to a convenience store. Now, I don't have this, but some of you have this. You can get out of your car and take your key fob with you and leave the car running but locked while you go into the store and you come back and the, you know the car is still nice and warm. I can see shutting it off then and turning it back on. That's not a big deal. I'm talking about warming up my car before I go for the day. If my car has been sitting there for a while, if I've been at work all morning and temperatures out there are like single digit, I'm not just going to hop in and go for all the reasons I just mentioned, but especially when I have howling winds out there and single-digit temperatures and there's ice on my windshield and I got to scrape all of that off. Now, I'm sorry, but I'm going to let my car idle. They do these stories every so often. Just go ahead. In fact, I I, got to check where it went. There was legislation in the Wyoming House and Senate to get rid of the state law that says you're not allowed to leave your car idling or warm up your car. There was No one's ever really enforced that anyway in the state of Wyoming, even though it's been a law in the books. Coming up on 730, so we're going to get into some local news update on your weather forecast. Your legislative update with our man in Cheyenne, Doug, is coming your way shortly after the news and information break. Then I talked to Don Day from Dayweather about your weather forecast for the weekend. Frank Gambino will talk Super Bowl with me, like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to sports. Wake up, Wyoming. Here's to Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 7.36 7.36 the time. Wake up, Wyoming. You guys are great. I, okay, I was going to go on into another topic, but I can't. So, 
read another article, Wyoming Public Media. Of course, they have to interview someone, University of Wyoming. This is if you're just joining me. Once again, don't idle your car. Don't warm your car up. You're causing pollution and climate change, you know. And, of course, I always bring up all the reasons why you should, especially if you live in the state like Wyoming. It's a good idea. And, yes, it is not just good for you, but good for your car to go ahead and do so. Okay. So, let me see. Uh, Junkman in Alliance, Nebraska. Living in Florida before Wyoming, did you ever go to any NASCAR races, Daytona 500 next weekend, other races? I never did go to those races. I always told myself I need to. But for some reason, I never did. I, I I don't know why I didn't. Maybe I should go back to Florida just to see one one of these days. Mandy May and Casper, worried about warming up your car? Electric car has to be heated. The battery has to be heated all winter long. Now, this reminds me. So those people who will plug in a heater and put a, you know something over their car – because it, we're going to get into single digits or sub-zero temperatures, and you're worried not just about the oil pan in there, but you're worried about the battery. Well, what if your car is nothing but batteries? Now, you got to heat that all winter long, not just at night. Talk about contributing to climate change. Your electric car is drawing how much energy just to keep warm so you can start it? Caleb is in Glenrock. If you have to warm up your car, do you really think global warming is an issue? <laughs> I like uh, White Eagle Arapaho. If all these climate change idiots don't want us to idle our cars, maybe they could buy us all garages to park in. Not a bad idea. And let's not forget, this guy, who he and his wife bought an all-electric Humvee. And then reality check. Just increased our range to 98 miles after waiting around for 45 minutes. But the real question, how much did it cost? I am actually in shock right now. We just sat here for 41 minutes. It cost me $19.80 and we added an additional 64 miles for $20. It is more expensive to charge an EV. Plus, we had to sit here for 41 minutes. It's a scam. The whole thing is a scam. Now let's go back to what Mandy May said just a minute ago. She's right, though. You got to sit there and idle. I'm sorry, not idle, but plug in uh, your electric vehicle and keep it warm in these cold temperatures throughout the winter, not just at night. And that's helping the environment. How exactly? 739, here's our man in Cheyenne with your legislative update for the state of Wyoming. Six the time. Let's wake up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Okay, years ago, backstory for you guys before I go ahead and introduce it. I was listening to a commercial on television, which was for a monster truck rally. And I thought, oh my God, that just sounds horrible. The guy screaming into the microphone and all that kind of, who would want to do that? Then they handed me a script at work to do one of those monster truck commercials, not just for radio, but for TV. And I thought, I don't want to do this. And then he told me how much I'd be making if I did the commercial. So I did it. Those commercials are fun to produce. And I'm surprised we don't have more of them on the air for what you guys are doing. Sitting in the studio with me is... 
Jacob Ladwig. And you are? Cherry Back. And you drive what one? Rat Attack. And you are? Dirt Crew. Okay, now you're local, right? Yep, born and raised. Okay, and you? Yeah, I'm, I'm the veteran. I think this will be my seventh or eighth year here. Okay, so what got you guys into monster trucks? How does that, how does that passion start? I started just every year I'd go up to the event center. My parents always, you know, bought tickets every year in mm-hmm. February to go. And I've just been a kid that's always loved it and had a passion for it. So okay. I met a guy about just over eight years ago at the event center. And, and I pretty much just walked up, asked if he needed help with anything. And he pretty much gave me a job. Oh, there you go. That was my next question. How do you get into it? And I assume it's a, an expensive hobby, if you will. Or if you can make a living at it, for that matter. Yeah, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. That's, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, okay. So when you get out there in your truck, car, what are you driving? So it, it's it got a car body on it. Okay. Uh, it's a 1963 split-window Corvette. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's still a monster truck, but it does have a car body on it. Okay. So what do you do when you're out there? Uh, mostly all of our shows are pretty much all the same. We always have a wheelie contest, and then mm-hmm. we always have some sort of racing, whether it be Chicago style or straight line or whatever they want to come up with. And then we always end the night with a freestyle. So my favorite thing to do is racing because my truck loves to race. But the guy next to me, he's definitely known for his wheelies and freestyles. So. Wheelies and freestyles. What are you driving? Uh, I got a Dodge dump truck, pickup truck. Okay. <clears throat> it's pretty cool. We have a lot of fun with it. How much does it cost to run one of those for a night well it just depends it's monster trucks you never know yeah. what's going to happen you know um that's the best part about a show you never know who's going to catch on fire who's going to roll over or what's going to mm-hmm. happen so yeah, okay you know you have good nights you have bad nights but at the end of the day you know as long as i get everybody on their feet i did my job what kind of fuel are you using uh, these things run on alcohol Okay, that's why I figured you weren't going to tell me like low lead gas or something like that. It's alcohol. No, no, no it's, it's all alcohol. Okay, we're you... all over fifteen hundred horsepower. So I okay. mean, you're gonna you're gonna feel the show in the seat for sure. Okay, where do you get that alcohol from? Uh, a lot of places, any kind of oil distribution company. Uh, some, depending on where you go, bigger towns they have special, just special companies that have. Okay. Yeah, race fuel. suppliers. It's the same race thing in like a sprint car. Top alcohol dragster, same okay. same fuel. Time maintaining the truck compared to time actually running the truck. Well, we spend probably six to seven days working on the truck, and then forty-five minutes of driving. <laughs> That's about not even idea. honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. And do, so, do you find you end up doing a lot of damage every show? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. We always tear stuff up. That's that's the best part about the show. Okay, it's almost job security. After we're done working, we still you, got more. You got to get it working. Okay, so people show up for this monster truck rally is going to be at the Ford Center in Casper, Wyoming. So it's not just you two guys. Who else is showing up, and where are they from? Uh, we we built a couple new trucks this year. One of them is called Dirt Crew Dozer. It uh, looks like a giant bulldozer. It's really cool. Kids really like it. Um, we got another one called Maximus. It's our, our Roman warrior. Uh, and he's... I got a veteran driver in that. And he's, he's pretty awesome. Um, so we'll have all that plus uh, freestyle motocross tomorrow. Um, one of the things we need to touch on is that people can come and get their picture and touch the truck. Mm-hmm. Between twelve thirty and two o'clock. Two o'clock. Yeah. Two o'clock party, and then make sure that you're in your seats, ready for a show at three o'clock. Yeah. And then one of our personalities down the hallway here goes by DJ Nike. Apparently, you're running over his car. Oh yeah, he's a big fan. Yeah, he's gonna be even bigger. 
He might even have two vehicles because the one he's been driving around was in an accident yeah, yesterday. Yeah, he says in a rental. And total, yeah. So um, maybe you got two to crush. There you go. <laughs> that could be a good time. So, okay, uh, people to get tickets to show up to the event, how do they do this? You go to toughestmonstertrucks.com mm-hmm. uh, for online. That'll take you right to the exact link you need to go to. Or you can go up to the box office at the Ford Wyoming Center. Okay, toughestmonstertrucks.com or go to the box office, and let's get them there at the right time. That includes showing up to touch the truck and get the pictures and all that. Yeah, that's at 1230 to 2, and then show times at 3. Yeah, and get your pit pass if you're coming early. Okay, if you're coming early, need a pit pass. Show goes uh, how long? Roughly Mm -hmm. about two hours. Bring headphones? If you don't have any, they'll have them there. Okay. How do you vent the place with all of that going on? Because well, they're, they're the, professionals. They the got, building's yeah. got good ventilation. Good ventilation. And, and, I'm wondering about that when I was talking about you guys yesterday. I thought that's going to be not just a lot of noise, but you're going to have to suck all of that out of there. But they got a good ventilation system. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's built for it. All right, guys. Sounds like a great time. Thanks for coming in. Let's wake you. up, Wyoming. This Wyoming travel quicker than a soggy morning porch paper. You need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Seventeen's the times wake up Wyoming. Took get back to the phone calls in just a bit. So monster truck rally. Go ahead and look that up. Find Casper, Wyoming. That happens over the weekend. Kind of figured they ran on alcohol. And glad to have a good ventilation system in there. Bring your earplugs with you as well. On the Wake Up Wyoming site this morning, is it legal to own a pet raccoon in Wyoming? Okay, people have weird pets. Growing up, as I was saying earlier, in Florida, people had pets that they weren't supposed to have. And that's why we have some iguana problems, for example, in Florida, which is why they say in the wintertime, watch out for falling iguanas because these things, well, they're cold-blooded animals. So when it gets cold in Florida, cold by Florida standards, They'll just fall out of a tree and clunky on the head. And they make little babies like crazy, so now they're all over the place. And so the state of Florida is actually encouraging, if you come across one of these guys, kill it. They're actually just encouraging people to do And some people have started a business that they'll go ahead and get those suckers out of your backyard. Everglades were dangerous enough when I was a kid, but now they have pythons and all sorts of other creatures in there as well. People bring in exotic pet homes. All right. So the story reads, I asked a lot of weird questions by my uh, – I have been asked a lot of weird questions by my three-year-old. He's in the why and – can I stages of life? Yesterday, he threw me for a loop with a question, Mommy, can I have a pet raccoon? Oh, okay. Well, can you actually do that? Now, this comes down to what is legal to own in your state. And I do know that in the state of Wyoming, you're allowed to own a lot of other things that are not legal in some states. But again, would you want to? So she writes a bit of context. He's really into Guardians of the Galaxy right now. Oh, I see where he's going with this. He thinks Rocket Raccoon is hilarious. And his grandpa, living in Oregon, has a ton of raccoons visiting his house regularly. So, to be fair, this guy lives in the woods. By the way, we have, uh, I'll call them pet raccoons here at the radio studios. 
they scare the hell out of us every so often. There's a ramp at the, out the back door of the upstairs. You head down the ramp, and it stops and turns and goes the other way. That's for wheelchair-bound people, right? Well, in the middle section there is a dumpster, and the raccoons will go into the dumpster find looking for food. So every so often, someone is heading up or down the ramp, and a whole bunch of raccoons just go scurrying out of the dumpster, scaring the hell out of people. All right, so... My, ha- my son heard stories of grandpa's pet raccoons and thinks he deserves a pet. So she writes, I explained that he wasn't quite old enough to have his own pet yet. And we tried and failed with a fish. But still, I was curious. Can we own a pet raccoon in Wyoming? I mean, they are pretty adorable, excluding their, well propensity to raiding trash cans and well your dog does that honestly so maybe we can get over that well according to the wyoming game and fish website yeah you can actually look up what you can and can't own in the state of wyoming you can own a raccoon in wyoming the only restriction is that it can't be imported You can also own other critters. This is where I say if you're in the state of Wyoming, you can own things that are not owned by other people in other states or can't be owned. So you can have critters not imported like skunks. By the way, if you're wondering, wouldn't that smell, you can get a skunk and have it fixed so it doesn't. Squirrels with a permit. You can own a pet squirrel with a permit. And foxes, once again, not Imported, but you can have pet foxes. Remember that raccoons aren't as easy to care for as cats and dogs. They need a lot of playtime and won't do well being caged all day. I wonder if they cuddle. Think of them as uh, high-maintenance, mischievous machines. Raccoons are stubborn, temperamental, making them a challenge to train. And one expert writes that raccoons are messy eaters, prone to dunking their food in their water before consuming it. Well, that's like you having a a donut with your cup of coffee. But they're much messier about it. Raccoons can also get similar illnesses to dogs like uh, rabies, uh, canine distemper. You can also uh, take them to your fuzzy friend to the veterinarian. I wonder... If you went and said to your your veterinarian, I have a pet raccoon, what your veterinarian would think about that. On that note, not all uh, veterinarians will treat raccoons, so you need to probably call your veterinarian and say, hey, can I bring a pet raccoon to you or or other exotic animals? With that in mind, I think we'll hold off on bringing a raccoon into the house, she says. So you can find other pets, and I'm going to go ahead and click on this. What other pets can you have? Okay. Some of these are real. Well, okay. I can see that they show here a diamondback rattler. If, if you want to have something like this. Let's see. Non, all non-game wildlife used for any type of commercial use requires a Chapter 10 permit. Common, I'm reading from the the site here from the state of Wyoming. Common pets just as domestic varieties of dog, cats, gerbils, hamsters, mice, rats. I never understood keeping a rat. Guinea pigs and ferrets are exempted from the Wyoming Game and Fish Commission regulations. Please check with your Game and Fish Wildlife 
can carry toxins. They get into that. And I wonder about what is illegal. Let me see. Animals. Categories. Possession of wildlife. Quick table reference here. Okay. Pets that are allowed. They actually have a quick table reference for different kinds of wildlife that you want to bring in. So I wonder, can you find, oh, wow, there's deer species? Really? You can get a permit to keep a deer. Okay, let me see. Wild turkeys are prohibited from importation or possession. So you're not allowed. Now, I wonder about that. You're not allowed to have a pet wild turkey, but what if you kept him in your backyard and you just called him dinner? But he's really a pet. Let's see. Uh, Permits are not required for that. It goes from one type to... I'm trying to get this over so I can see what the other side is here. Um, There's regulations, livestock. There we go. Deer chipmunks may be possessed and do not require permits. You can have a chipmunk if you want. Hmm. And deer species, including reindeer, are prohibited. That's okay. You don't need to get some special kind of a permit to have deer species or whatever in your house. Because just wait. They'll be in your backyard in no time at all. Then you just go ahead and call them pets. Domestic livestock like poultry, I guess they care. There were pig regulations, too, because there were people keeping little pet pigs. And when I first started talking about pigs in people's houses, people pictured full-size pigs. No, there's a smaller species of pig that people were keeping in their houses, not like the full-size one. Let's see. Um, Saltwater animals must be confined to an aquarium if you're going to have that. Your state has rules and regulations for every little thing. It doesn't matter what it is. If you want to bring in a saltwater creature into your house, oh, yeah, they, they have rules for that. All frogs may be imported but shall not be used as live fishing bait. So if you want to own a frog as a pet, that's fine, but he's got to stay home no bringing the frog out to feed him to the fish. Imported animal density. All frogs except Columbia's spotted frog and the wood frog may be captured in Wyoming. Northern pocket gophers may be possessed and do not require a permit unless imported. Permits not required unless imported. And see, lizards. There's many different kinds of lizards. And let me see, uh, mallards. Wow, I guess you can have ducks in the state of Wyoming, too. Mm, okay. And then, of course, how you house the – oh, wow, you can have a pet grasshopper. You can house all of these things as well. But there was a guy – a story I did a while ago. There was a guy who decided to keep a buffalo as a pet, and he allowed the thing to come into his house like it was just a big dog. It was a few years ago that I wrote a story like this. Permit required less imported Wyoming livestock board. Again, here's more poultry, although I would keep that outside. Prohibited except pigs, not pot-bellied pigs. That gets to the pigs I was talking about. Many people have pet pigs, but it's not the same thing that you think of wallowing in the mud outside. Let's see. Damage rules, permit required. Boy, there's so many things that have a permit required. There's so many pet Native salamanders captured in Wyoming. Hmm, Okay. Usually people, if they have a salamander, they don't let it run around the house. A salamander is something that is kept inside an aquarium of some kind, but it's not. Again, pet toads may be imported but shall not be used for fishing as bait. So there's more. Pet turtles. 
may be imported, but Chanel... Oh, wow. Who uses turtles as fishing bait? Okay. You can have turtles in your house as well. You could even import them. See, meadow, not wolves, but voles with a V, V-O-L-E-S, may be possessed but do not require a permit. Okay, so all of this you can find on the Wyoming Game and Fish website. The story that I was just reading to you, if you go to the Wake Up Wyoming site, take a look at it, you'll find the story that shows a raccoon. Is it legal to own a raccoon in Wyoming? Now, connected to that story is the list that I was just reading to you, and there's more to it from Wyoming Fish and Wildlife when it comes to that list as to what you can own, can't own in the state of Wyoming And what are the rules for owning some of these? Because with some of them, they tell you you can own them. They don't have a problem with you owning the animal. Go right ahead and own it if you want. But here's how you're going to own it, and here's the rules and regulations to do so. Although, I don't know of anyone going around checking up on things like this. And that's the next part of the story that I wondered about. I don't think Wyoming Game and Fish has enough resources to have someone going around checking up on all of these exotic animals that somebody might have out there. And thus maybe somebody complains about it. It's not going to happen. Coming up on 8.30, so we got some local news coming your way right after local news. Got an update on your weather forecast. Nice long segment after that. Maybe we'll get into some open phones. We'll see. I don't know. Let's wake up Wyoming. Thanks for joining me. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. Okay, just to give you a quick behind-the-scenes what was going on here when I was doing that last segment of the program, because I think it is kind of fun for you guys to know. Sometimes there's disasters happening in the background. You guys don't know it, though. But, again, I just think it's interesting to tell you about. So we have this battery backup system here. Just in case the power goes out, battery backup system kicks in. Battery backup system is failing. And all of a sudden, while I'm on the air, it starts making this loud beepy noise and we can't shut it off. While trying to fix it, all of the computers went down. Whoops. So I did that last segment, reading something off of, from the Wake Up Wyoming site, uh, off my phone for notes while I talk to you guys. Now the computers are coming back up because, uh, thank you, Miss Mary, by the way, for all of that. She was working diligently. I was talking into the microphone And she was on the other side of the console from me, down there with those computers and all of those wires trying to figure out what to do. That was that whole lag set. Now we're up and running again. So phone lines are open again. 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And for all of those people who dropped me notes off the Wake Up Wyoming app, I'll be able to restart responding to those in just another minute or so. But if you had something you want to jump in on, that's fine. 
we're up and running again because I did a quick little bypass thing, and so now I can go ahead and start taking phone calls. One more computer is left still trying to boot up, and it's almost ready to go. Other than that, we're up and running again. Okay, some of the stories that we have this morning, I'm watching the state legislative process for you guys. Chuck Gray, who's now your Secretary of State, was trying to get through a crossover voting bill here in the state of Wyoming. And that's not to say this is never going to happen, but it didn't happen this time. Story of Cowboy State Daily Secretary of State uh, Chuck Gray. Campaign promise was to address Wyoming's election integrity in multiple ways, including eliminating crossover voting. His last chance to make good on that ended yesterday when the final bill left the state legislative session with mixed, uh, they basically nixed the whole thing. It was voted down Thursday by the State Corporation's Elections and Political Subdivision Committee. Crossover voting, of course, that's the process which we complain about of people who will switch political parties at the last minute for various reasons and then jump back to their own party for the general election. But they do that in the primaries. So, and I've already uh, told you many times over why I think it's unethical to do that. Thursday's rejection of House Bill 103 means Wyoming voters can continue to change party affiliation and crossover vote at the last minute and then switch back. As with every election-related bill, consideration by the state legislature so far this session, Gray gave lawmakers an earful about the bill before the committee voted. He said addressing crossover voting has undermined the sanctity of Wyoming's primary process. Now, here's where he and I agree on this. Because as I've said many times over, as far as this is being unethical to cross over vote, if you, let's say, I don't care, you, you can be a Democrat, that's fine, but some other party even, you can be with the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, whatever the case is, an independent. If you are crossing over at the last minute to engage in a Republican primary, then switching back, well, the way this is supposed to be done each party selects their candidates in the primary for the general election. That's how this works. If you live in a county where your party is not represented, that's not the Republicans' fault. You need to go talk to your party about that. And there are places where Democrats will complain. Well, no Democrats running around here. It's all Republicans on the ticket. Go talk to your party about that because that's not the Republicans' fault. You're meddling in the Republican primary. Now, some people will say, but that's when the general election really happens during the primary because of that. Again, not the Republicans' fault. As originally written, House Bill 103 would have pushed back and cut off to change party affiliation. They want to push it back. Some people wanted, like, Uh, May 15th or 96 days. That doesn't sound too bad. Some people said, well, just 14 days before. I don't think that's enough. The farther back you can push that, the better. State Senator Brian Bonner, Republican Douglas, proposed an amendment and moved that the cutoff to be one day before the period, voting period begins, 45 days before the primary election. 
this uh, separate legislation is being considered that would extend that to 28 days. Now, again, I don't think that's – I want as far out as possible. All right, so that's where we are right now. There's no way that this is going to pass in this legislative session. We have one more chance to do it before the general election because, well, the general election will be the next election will be the presidential election, of course. So that's one I think would be uh, most important to pass between now and then. So we'll have one more legislative session to try to get something like that passed for those of us who are for it, which I'm one of those who are for it. All right. Yesterday, I get a call from uh, John, who's up in Gillette. When I do the bit Jenkins and the boss, I'm the voice of the boss. John is the voice of Jenkins. And John wrote a script based on the whole hot air balloon fiasco that happened this week. I read this script and thought, not bad. Added a punchline. We put it together. I did the finishing touches this morning when I got to work about 2.30 a.m., Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Jenkins, the airline has screwed up again, and I'm stranded in Mexico. Sir, I am so sorry. How can I help? Uh, well, I need you to pick me up when I land. I hired a guy to fly me up in a balloon. Sir, I don't think that's a good idea. Why not? They let that balloon fly all the way across the country. I just want to get across the border. Sir, there are a lot more trigger happy about balloons this week. Why would they care? I'm coming across the southern border. They don't care about anyone else coming that way into the U.S. I hate to tell you this, but you're an old, rich, white guy. They would probably shoot you down for that alone, much less crossing the border. What if I identify as a refugee? Will it be a white balloon? Pinata colored. They'll be expecting candy when it explodes or fentanyl. These bits that are created in-house and sometimes I get help from listeners like we did here with uh, John up in Gillette. If you use your Wake Up Wyoming app, you can go to uh, Wyoming Altered State. So when you touch the app and it loads up, you'll see across the middle, you'll see a toolbar. So on the very left-hand side of the toolbar is on demand. Touch that and then look for Wyoming Altered States. Touch that. And those are all the bits that we have piled in there that you can – in fact, I wouldn't say all. Miss Mary is slowly releasing them in season by season. So that was – one that hasn't been added yet, but will probably be added in season three. 845, Wake Up Wyoming. Coming up next with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight forty-eight is the time. It's wake up, my own. Off to the ice box with go. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So you want some more trivia? Sure, why not? Good. Okay, I'm ready. I don't expect you to get this one. This one. is just weird. I this went is, to one Super Bowl. Who was the first left-handed quarterback to get a Super Bowl ring? Steve Young. Ken Stabber. Stabler. 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 
Which snake? Yeah, I, I don't expect Forget anyone to know him. that. Who who keeps track of stuff like that? Really? I should. I should really. Oh, okay. I okay. I don't see how it benefits your life whatsoever. But okay, if that's okay. what you want to do. Uh, which two starting quarterbacks won Super Bowls with two different teams? Two different teams. Tom Brady. Yeah. He won. Yeah. Um. Wow. No, not, not Joe Montana. No. Not Terry Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Um, all right, who? Peyton Manning. Right. Colton Broncos. Yes, okay. Yeah. yeah, okay. That actually, I think, is a good question. Okay. Who was the first singer to perform at a Super Bowl halftime? Who was the first singer? Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, 1970, Carol Channing. Oh, no way. Yeah, you got to go way back then, right? <clears throat> what? How did she get into the game? Yeah. Uh, what solo singer first performed the national anthem? Is it Whitney Houston? Charlie Pride, 1974. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good. Oh, my God. Now, this one you should know. How many chicken wings are consumed on an average Super Bowl Sunday? Probably three million. Uh, 1.3 billion. Million or billion? Billion with a billion. B. Okay. Whoa. How much do Americans spend on beer for Super Bowl Sunday? 30 bucks each. Well, so I would say thirty million. The it's actually the same answer, one point three billion. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why those two go together. Okay, what player holds the record for the most career rushing yards in Super Bowl games? Can't remember. Roger Craig, uh, Franco Harris, three hundred fifty-four total yards. Okay. Oh, that's, I think, pretty impressive right there. One mm-hmm. more for you. What two teams are tied for the most Super Bowl losses? Buffalo and Minnesota. New England Patriots and Denver Broncos. Five losses Oh, each. they got five, and the others do have yeah, four. Yeah, that's not... Isn't, isn't that great? Some of these questions are pretty good. Yeah. Some, some are stupid. Or I'm an idiot. High school basketball from yesterday. Rock Springs swept Kelly Walsh in the boys-girls doubleheader. The Tigers winning the boys' game 66-48 and the girls' game 48-28. Tonight in boys and girls play, Kelly Walsh will host Star Valley. Natrona goes to Laramie. Sheridan will be at Cheyenne South. Thunder Basin at Cheyenne Central. Campbell County will be at Cheyenne East. Also, Wheatland at Glenrock. Luska Burns Midwest will be at Upton. In women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls cruise right past a bad Utah State team in Laramie last night, 70-48, to improve the 16-8 overall, 9-4 in Mountain West Conference play. Utah State is just 4-20 and this season. Allison Ferdy, the Douglas native, had 22 points for the Cowgirls, going 8-of-8 eight eight from the field, and UW led 18-2 after one quarter of play, and that was that. Cowgirls host the Air Force tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the AA in Laramie. In men's college hoops, the Wyoming Cowboys on the road to Boise State tomorrow. It's been a, just a brutal season for the Cowboys, and we all know why and who and whatever. So they, but they're 2-9 and nine in Mountain West Conference play and 7-16 and overall with seven scholarship players available. Boise State is having a solid season at 8-3 and three in league play and 18-6 and six overall. That's a 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Boise. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KCGY in Laramie. And Juco basketball, the Casper College teams, will host Northwest of Paul tomorrow afternoon at 2-4. and Tiber women are 22-3 and three and rated 17th in the country. The men are 18-5. and five. The L-Trip teams from Cheyenne will host Central Wyoming at the Story Gym tomorrow at 4-6. and six. 
the Golden Eagles ladies, 16 and 8, and the men are 13 and 9. High school wrestling from last night, and the Toronto beat Kelly Walsh to win the Miller Cup, 48 to 16. Cheyenne East nip Cheyenne Central in a duel last night, 36 30. And Alpine skiing, those folks will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. The Nordic skiers will be at a meet hosted by Cody. Casper will host an indoor track meet tomorrow. And coming up on Sunday in football, Super Bowl 57. Kansas City will take on Philadelphia and Glendale, Arizona. The Eagles with former Wyoming Cowboy Marcus Epps in their secondary. He's made 94 tackles this season, so he'll be one to watch. Philadelphia last won the Super Bowl in 2018. Kansas City is the is in the Super Bowl for the third time in the last four years. They beat San Francisco in 2020 and lost to Tampa Bay in 2021. Philadelphia is a point and a half favorite in that game. There's a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Just two more for you real quick here. Uh, how much did, this is a great question, how much did the ticket for the very first Super Bowl cost? 35 bucks. $12. Now, when, when was that? Because we adjust that for inflation. Well, we, well, yeah, I mean, it's 57 years ago. Yeah. I'd like to know what that is adjusted for inflation because that'd still be a pretty good ticket, right? Well, okay. right now, if you look at the thing, the, the, the tickets are five grand. Oh, God. For the nosebleed section? Five grand oh, wow. for the cheapest seats. Okay. That last one of this hour for you. Who was the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl? Doug Williams. Yes. Boom. Nailed that one. Gee, that's a great question that everybody should know. From the Washington Redskins. All right. Thank you, sir. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Then your phone calls. Because you can just jump in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. 888 is the phone number. 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wyoming. How's it going, Casper? Nine oh six of the time. It's a Friday. Glad you made it. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. Let's do this. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject, fine by me. Real quick on this first one here, I just came across this, I want to look more into it. Huge piece of the sun breaks off, scientists are stunned. Story says the sun has always fascinated astronomers. I mean, obviously, duh, closest star. And now a new development has baffled those scientists. Huge part of the sun broke off of its surface and created a tornado-like swirl around its what we would consider the North Pole. Those scientists are trying to analyze how this occurred. The video of the development has stunned the space community. The remarkable phenomenon was caught by NASA's James Webb's telescope. Talk about a polar vortex, they said. 
that would be it. Okay, so they're analyzing that. As the sun goes through phases of being more or less active, when it's more active, the whole solar system heats up, including Earth. That global warming is blamed on you. When the sun goes through a cooler phase and the whole solar system cools down, and of course that means the climate changes everywhere, including on Earth, and that climate change is blamed on you. Just keep that in mind. There's this big ball of hydrogen and helium burning in the center of our solar system that might just have a little something to do with the weather. Just pointing that out. Now, sometimes some people see things as a miserable failure and are sad that, well, it's too bad this didn't happen or that something did happen. And sometimes people like me will disagree with them. So, Give credit to Cowboy State Daily. They do offer both sides of the article. I was cheering when Medicaid expansion once again faded and just failed in the state of Wyoming. Bad news for Wyoming to expand Medicaid. It has been horrible for the states that have done it. So I've talked about it, written about it, brought on Wyoming experts, doctors, people like that to talk about Medicaid expansion and why we don't need to do that in the state of Wyoming. I'm glad it dies every single year. Cowboy State Daily will bring both sides of the story. So they bring on Rex Arney. The headline of the story is, Thank Chip Newman for another failure of Medicaid expansion. He writes, Once again, to pass Medicaid expansion in Wyoming, the legislator has been thwarted this time by one person. Yeah, Chip Newman. I think it's Newman is how you pronounce it. Despite strong public support, which I doubt, I keep hearing strong public support. I don't think so, but okay. He altered the destiny of this legislation in his role as House Majority Floor Leader. Traditionally, House leadership positions go to members who have seniority by virtue of their time in the House, not this time. Neiman had just completed his first term in the House and nevertheless secured an important leadership position with a one-vote margin over veteran legislators. The power of the majority floor leader cannot be overstated. He serves as the gatekeeper dealing with what bills will actually make it to the floor and go into debate. Right? He's the one who took Medicaid expansion and just did not allow it to get to the floor for debate. So what this gentleman here is suggesting is perhaps, maybe it would be a good idea if we take Medicaid expansion and find a way to put it on the ballot, a vote before the people. Okay. Um, I understand where he's going with that, but my answer is still, I am glad that somebody found a way just to kill the thing. Here's somebody... Guest columnist of the story for Cowboy State Daily. Maybe it's time for Wyoming voters through the initiative process to place Medicaid expansion on the ballot for consideration in the 2024 general election. All right. My answer is you guys want to keep on trying just fine, but people like me will find every way to continue to stop Medicaid expansion because it's been a horrible idea for every single state that's ever done it. Every single state that's ever tried it including, because I keep hearing, well, all the surrounding states are doing it, and they regret it. And I really, I don't buy into the idea, well, the majority of people want it. Remember, we are not a democracy. We are a republic. 
not just the state of Wyoming, but America. There's a big difference between a democracy and a republic. There's a reason the Founding Fathers made us a republic. There's a very good reason as to why. So every time something like this uh, fails, the idea, well, we'll just put it through a, a vote of the people to see if, you know, and I'm not afraid of a direct vote of the people. That's not the issue. But we have a constitutional republic set up for a reason. We have a process set up for a reason. And if Medicaid expansion can't make it through the process, then there's a reason for that. So I'm okay with its failure once again, and I hope it continues to fail. All right. Next one up. Wyoming and 24 other states are suing. NRA sues the ATF regarding stabilizing braces. This has to do with, for those people who are shooters out there, the story from County 17. Wyoming has joined a coalition of 25 other states and the National Rifle Association suing the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms a ruling about stabilized braces. The, it's a regulatory thing, which, once again, we're talking about uh, bureaucracy writing law, which, when I said just a moment ago, we are a republic, right, so we're not supposed to have bureaucracy writing law. We need to stop that. The Attorney General Merrick Garland, January 13, signed the ATF rule, which uh, this is the stabilizing brace rule, Factoring criteria for firearms attached stabilizing brace. What a long title. To clarify when a rifle is designed to be fired from the shoulder. So they're even trying to get into a rule here of what kind of stock you can have or stabilized brace. They determine whether a rifle or short barrel rifle under the Gun Control Act of 1968, rifle or firearm, is subject to regulation. Individuals non-licensed who possess firearms equipped with stabilizing brace, a short barrel rifle, uh, may or may not have those options according to this. And then it gets into the entire rule, which there's absolutely no way I can read all of this for you. But again, Wyoming is getting into the uh, lawsuit against ATF over the idea of stabilized braces for some of you out there who are shooters. Once again, your government through bureaucracy is trying to control what you do. On the phone with me is Judy. Hello, Judy. Good morning, Glenn. Uh, I have a couple of things. I want to congratulate Harriet Hegman. I watched her in the committee yesterday on the weaponization of the FBI committee, and she asked some really good questions that the bad boys could not answer very well. So, Harriet, you did a great job. And then I read that uh, you also she also brought forth a bill for uh, energy industry here in Wyoming. She's getting a good start. She looked a little befuddled because she was sitting all by herself in the second row there. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as she got ready to ask questions, she just jumped right on the train and just tore these guys up, which I found extra, extra cool. Uh, there was one guy that was on there. He's a New York rep. His name is Goldman. What a jerk. Mm. I mean, Jim Jordan was trying to explain to this idiot 
that he's just now taking depositions from the whistleblowers, and he can't turn anything over that hasn't been put down on paper yet. Right. And this just didn't seem to get the idea. Uh, and then let's move on to BOCC meeting Tuesday night. I uh, formally asked for the meeting with all five commissioners. Um, I was kind of shot down with that. I'll get a couple of them. Uh, Dallas Laird stood up real good for me. Dave North stood up good for me. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, with that, we went through uh, the 2000 zoning, and we found there's a full section right at the beginning of the of that uh, resolution that tied the commissioner's hands on a lot of the stuff that they're getting away with right now. And we're going to ask that that be put back into this because it ties their hands from just doing up zoning and down zoning just for the you know sake of someone wanting to increase the value of their property. Okay, and then uh, lastly, we have a meeting with Casper Alcova Irrigation tonight. It's uh, voting on our reps for our water district because uh, we're on Casper Alcova Water Pioneer Water. And uh, anyway, they put one guy's name on the ballot for my area and didn't put the other guy's name on the ballot. So I think I'm going to record this tonight because I think this is illegal. You can't just put one person's name on a ballot. And I talked to a few of my neighbors, and they're saying, well, if I had known, you know, so-and-so was running, I would have changed my vote. I wouldn't be voting for this right. guy. okay. So I'm going to be ripping their guys tonight, and that's at 6 o'clock. If you have irrigation rights in, uh, out on 8 Mile and Zero Road and uh, on Casper Alcove Irrigation, I suggest you meet us at the fairgrounds in the in I can't remember the name of the building, but it starts at six o'clock. Bring your proxy vote. Let's get this on paper and let's get this proved what they're doing. They are doing this illegally. All right. Thank you, Jude. Have a great weekend. You too. Towards the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. Back to the phones. Mary's in Wheatland. Hello, Mary. You're good morning. Guy. Yeah, morning. You're on the air. What you got? <laughs> okay. Uh, I just wanted to discuss, uh, first of all, I agree with you totally about the crossover vote. Why are they doing it? I, I disagreed with it in Colorado. I don't understand it. I I think it's just, uh, it makes it uh, just a... Uh, absolutely disgrace of our process okay i'm glad okay. to yeah. and the other thing i wanted to say yeah. is that um our president is entertaining the president of so-called president of brazil and his wife uh i believe today okay. and i understood until last week that uh, the people of brazil have not accepted him and they are now in all of the official how uh legal houses in uh, you know in the country and making pr uh, protest against this president have you heard anything no i really haven't no okay well i heard that up till last week okay but still though so but this is would be the united states recognizing them anyway yes okay exactly and it, and they 
you know, the, that country has been very, very, very upset with his election yeah. ever since. Might want to wait um, until everything settles down before you go ahead and invite someone over. Uh, you would think. And the other thing I want to tell you about, just a, a short thing, is that I got a pair of tire socks. Have you heard of them? No. Napa makes them. It's the only uh, company that makes them. And I had to go to uh, Fort Collins to get them. And what it, you, they're too soft. They're, they're, they go over the tire itself, the rear tires. Okay. And they're easy to put on. They're not chains. They're a material. And then they have these areas in them where with wow. for traction. And they are okayed by the state of Colorado when they have their, you have to have certain tires or chains, or cetera. They are allowable. They're about 170 bucks a pair. Okay. And you put them on when things are real, real, you know, tough and slick and everything, and then you can take them right off. They just I'm, go right okay. over I'm your tire. I'm looking at some right now. This is genius. Okay, because I have had in the past... You know, those little, not even chains, wires, you know, that you kind of wrap around and put on. Okay. Right. But what you're talking about is actually, it kind of looks like a material, but it's got more grip to it than that. That's a great idea because you're not doing damage to your tire or the road. Oh, no. And it's amazing because, and I talked to a young man at Napa there in Fort Collins, and he said, you see my car there, well, he has one of those low-riding green, you know, things. Yeah. I mean, it's just luscious looking. But anyway, he said, I couldn't move anywhere in Fort Collins without them. I am going to look at, you think they sell those up here? I have, you know, I, of course, I'm in Wheatland, and they didn't have them there. But Napa is the only one that has them, but I'm sure you could go online. Okay. I just, <clears throat> I drove down to Fort Collins, and he said, you're very lucky to get these because they're, you know, they're going like hotcakes right now. Okay. But they work I am definitely going to look into this because we had that one storm, you know, that flash freeze that came where temperatures dropped. Here where I am, it was like 35 degrees and it dropped to minus 15 in a half hour. So the snow that was coming down wasn't becoming light, fluffy snow. It was just a flash freeze. So all of our roads were ice. There was zero traction. And I kept thinking, well, I wish I had those wires with me. This looks like it's even better. And again, it's a fabric material with a lot of grip on it. It's not going to harm my tire or the road. No, and anybody can put them on. I mean, you know, you put them over the top of the tire, then you back the car up and put them on the other side and everything. And I I listened to a car show out of Denver, and and they were talking, some guy called in and was talking about it Saturday, and I said, holy macaroni, because I've got a Nissan that does lousy you know when it gets real slick and i'll tell you what i'm all excited about putting them on see when you first said tire socks i was thinking of something i put on my feet and it wasn't (laughs) making sense (laughs) everybody does because when i when i check with the auto places here they went what? Yeah, what? Yeah. So anyway, like socks with work. rubber on the bottom. How does that work? Okay, I'm going to go look into those. <laughs> All right, Mary. Thanks All for right. calling. I appreciate it. I'd never heard of such a thing, tire socks. But I was looking at a picture of that. It really does look like you're putting a black fabric over your tires, but it has some, you know, little knobs and so on for grip. So if you're really in some bad snow and ice and so on, you got something to grip. And it looks like it would actually work really well because it covers the entire. Mainly if I can get it on and off easily. Because I don't want to spend a lot of time in freezing cold temperatures trying to get something on. Right. All right. 
Coming up on some local news, update on your weather forecast right after that. Another segment of Open Phones, 888-97 Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six. the time. There we go. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. Got a couple of minutes. 888 Woods is the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. I do have another story here. Uh, headline for this from Wildfile. Heads up. Of, head, I'm sorry. I read that completely wrong. Hang on. I'll get done with Tom here, and then I'll get back to that. Tom and Douglas, I didn't know there was a boycott on the Summer Olympics. Uh, yes, there's there's talk. Uh, I heard it on, on the news the other day. They were talking about the IOC. They're going to meet uh, shortly if they've not met. But much of the nations are saying that if the Russian athletes are allowed to compete in the Olympics, regardless um, of any under the Federation or any other name, they will boycott the Olympics. And uh, I'm uh, when you go to the icebox uh, and talk to Frank Gambino, He's he's a man of sports from A to Z. Okay, I'd like to know his opinion because, from an athlete's point of view, I I think it's the right thing that would be done. Paris and the athletes, the innocent athletes, are caught in between. But I had a, a former teammate the other day ask me why I thought it was the right thing to do, and I told him I said, you know, go to Ukraine. See the devastation. Yeah. A nation's been destroyed. The people that have been slaughtered and killed. And tell me if you think different. And the thing about it is the nation that brought all this is allowed to compete. So right. uh, I could be wrong, but I'm just uh, 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 there, there's talk that the U.S. and Canada and almost up to 40 nations will will boycott the games, and in my personal view, I think it's the right thing, okay. even though Paris and innocent athletes are caught in between. Well, I'm trying to think of when the last time we had a big boycott. I remember it, but I don't remember what year that was. It, it was, if I remember right, it was in 1980, because a sports hero of mine, Craig Virgin, okay. who probably would have won uh, the men's 10,000 meters, uh, I think it's when uh, Russia invaded Afghanistan. I could okay. be wrong. Could be it. Yeah. But uh, I'm just curious about what uh, okay. Frank. I'll uh, ask Frank. Think. That's coming up in just a few minutes. I'll ask him about it. All right. Okay. Well, and thank you, Tom. Your program is great. Thank I you. I appreciate it. All right. I'll just tell him, Ms. Mary. And it's been a weird one today. I guess, you know, sometimes it's what's happening behind the scenes. That makes me wonder, are we doing okay on the air? Because it's been really weird behind the scenes this morning. Here's the story from Wildfile, real quick. Heaps of dead house bills raise red flags. Abnormally high number of bills perished after failing to meet deadlines, leaving lawmakers divided on what that says about the House and its leadership. Now, fifth week of the general session traditionally presents daunting gauntlet of aspiring laws, and many of them typically die. 
After a bill clears introduction and hurdles and so on, it gets debated on. They see if they want to pass it, right? So why basically so many bills dead? Uh, and some of that is because of how it gets to the speaker. It's at the speaker's discretion as to whether a bill makes it or not for debate on the floor. That's part of the privilege of being the speaker is you get to decide. There's only so much time available. Not every bill, they don't have time for every single bill. It's just not possible. So the speaker gets to decide, well, we will debate this. I'm not going to allow that one out. It's the speaker's discretion. Those are the rules. I look at it and think, good. I really am of the mindset. I know some people disagree with me. That's okay. I'm on the mindset of the less government gets done during sessions and the less the bureaucracy gets done in passing rules and regulations, the better for us. We have enough. That's why I like the fact that the legislative session restrains our Wyoming government with a limited amount of time to get things done. And I would like to do the same thing in Washington, D.C., have them meet for a limited period of time. I would have the bureaucracy unable to pass any rules and regulations. That's not what they do. That's lawmaking. And I would have the U.S. House and Senate meet rarely. With only, that, that way, most bills that are offered up die and never see the light of day. I honestly think that that's better for us. I hate it when I see, and it's even Fox News that does it, among other even conservative news organizations that are not on television. We get done with a congressional session, and you'll hear complaining, well, your Congress didn't get a whole lot done. They didn't pass many laws, as if that's a bad thing. I would prefer that they had a session where they didn't pass any laws. Forget that. They ha Wouldn't this be great? This, this is one of my dreams I will never see ever in my lifetime. Imagine a congressional session where they didn't pass any laws. They spent the entire session repealing laws to try to get the weight of government off of us. I'll never see that, but I dream about it all the time. 942, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Nine forty-seven. The time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box where Frank Gambino is waiting by. Frank, you got a question from Tom and Douglas. Tom and Douglas. Uh, Tom wants to know this next Olympics, Summer Olympics, coming up here. There might be a boycott if Russia shows up with players. Why? Uh, Have we been over this before? Yeah. You know, with us not going there and then them not coming here. Right. It's just dumb. Okay. It's, so, you know, now, now some countries will have a problem with it, you know. Right. But then again, it's supposed to be the Olympics where everyone puts their little differences aside for 10 lousy days okay. and competes. I mean, the, the, the Russians, they should come. Okay. It's the Olympics. Right. And if you don't want to come, then it's your loss. Then you can explain that to your athletes. Okay. All right. So, because we had to explain it to ours. Yes, we did. I was trying to remember when. I know we've had boycotts in the past, more than one. I was trying to remember when those were, but anyway. Well, it was eighty. It was eighty. Yeah. That, that we, I believe, did not go to Moscow for their Olympics, and then right. I believe the next one they didn't come here. 
I seem to remember something in the 70s or so. I don't know. It's been such a long time. I forget. Okay. So let's go on to Super Bowl questions again. Okay. Lowest scoring. Let's break out the Super Bowl. Yes. Lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. I think it was something involving the Minnesota Vikings. It was New England Patriots and Los Angeles Rams, uh, 13-3. Oh, okay. Okay. Most expensive Super Bowl ad that was ever done. Uh, to, uh, how much it cost to produce? Now, what was the company? Oh, I don't know. Budweiser? Uh, Amazon Echo. Really? Yeah, okay. I, it doesn't say what the price was, though, but Amazon Echo. Okay, see, Super Bowl XLIV. What number is that? Okay, write that down. I don't know. X is 10. Mm-hmm. L is 50, so that's yeah. 40. V, 45. Uh-huh. And is there, is there one more? Uh, XLIV is 44 okay. in Roman numerals. I Googled yeah, it. Yeah, 45. Hate it when they do that. Okay. X so, is 10. Uh, L okay. is 50. 1 is 1. V Got is 5. It. Okay. Super Bowl 44 beat out what to become the most watched television program in history. Oh. MASH. Yes. And that the, was a last, big deal The way last back episode then. of MASH. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they ran the last episode of MASH. During the Super Bowl? No, no. It, 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 the, the last, the last episode of Mash was maybe the highest oh, viewed okay. television show ever, ever, ever. Okay, so yeah. that, but the Super Bowl beat it out, right? Okay, got. It. Okay, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. All right, what is the highest score ever by one team in the Super Bowl? The Chicago Bears. Uh, Fifty-five points by the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, they um, did they beat the Broncos? Uh, you know, it doesn't say here. Okay. Okay, I have no answer for that. But anyway, I can't drive 55. 55 trans. It's all good. High school basketball from yesterday. In 4A, Rock Springs swept Kelly Walsh in boys and girls play. Tigers won the boys game 66-48 and the girls game 48-28. Tonight in 4A boys and girls play, Kelly Walsh will host Star Valley. Natrona goes to Laramie. Sheridan will be at Cheyenne South. Thunder Basin at Cheyenne Central. Campbell County at Cheyenne East. Also in 3A, Wheatland will be at Glenrock. In 2A, Lusk will be at Burns. And in 1A, Midwest will be over in Upton. Women's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowgirls ran right by Utah State last night in Laramie, 70-48. So they're 16-8 and eight overall, 9-4 and four in Mountain West Conference play. Utah State is just 4-20 and 20 on the year. Douglas native Allison Ferdy got 22 points for the Cowgirls, going 8-for-8 eight eight from the field. UW led 18-2 after one quarter of play, and that was that. The Cowgirls will host Air Force tomorrow at 2 p.m. at the AA in Laramie. And men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys will be at Boise State tomorrow. It's been a brutal season for the folks, and we all know why, and blah, blah, blah. And, but they're 2-9, and nine, and they're 7-16 and 16 overall with seven scholarship players available. Really not much to talk about anymore. And Boise State is having a, a good season at 8-3 and three in league play, 18-6 and six overall. 6 p.m. start tomorrow from Boise. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KCGY and Laramie. Junior college basketball, the Casper College teams hosting Northwest DePaul tomorrow at 2 and 4 p.m. at the Sweet Erickson Gym. T-Bear women are 22-3. and three. They're ranked 17th in the country. The men are 18-5. and five. The LCCC teams from Cheyenne will host Central Wyoming tomorrow at the Story Gym at 4-6. and six. The LCCC women are 16-8 and eight, and the men are 13-9. and nine. High school wrestling from last night in the Toronto 
won the Miller Cup over Kelly Walsh for the third straight year. The dual score was 48-16. Cheyenne East and the Cheyenne Central 36-30. In Alpine skiing, those folks will be on Casper Mountain today and tomorrow. The Nordic skiers will be uh, hosting a, uh, will be at a meet hosted by Cody. Casper will be hosting an indoor track meet tomorrow over at Natrona. And coming up on Sunday in football, Super Bowl 57 as Kansas City will take on Philadelphia and Glendale, Arizona. The Eagles with former Wyoming Cowboy Marcus Epps in their secondaries made 94 tackles so far this season. He's having a good season. Philadelphia last won the Super Bowl in 2018. Kansas City's in the Super Bowl for the third time in the last four years. They beat San Francisco in 2020 and then lost to Tampa Bay 20, uh, in 2021. Philly is a point and a half favorite for tomorrow's game that will kick off at 430. Okay, so the most expensive Super Bowl ad of all time was in 2020. A tie between Amazon and Google. The lengths of the commercials were each 90 seconds, Ooh, yeah. costing a whopping $16.8 million each. And okay. How, and what does that run just once? It, you know, the advertising rates are, are the highest yeah. in, the, in, the first, in the first quarter and the second quarter. Yeah. You know. Well, here's what they also got us, because, you know, I used to sit around and have the Super Bowl on just so I could watch the ad. I wasn't watching yeah. the game. I was watching the commercials. Now, I don't need to do that. They've got me at, at another place. I just go to YouTube. The, the, they already put them on. Yes. And you don't have to watch them during the game. That's right. So you see, they've even those people who won't watch the game but want the commercials, they've got them too. They've just got them on YouTube now. So, yeah, I think it's probably worth your money. Glenn, will you please uh, keep track of the commercials for the I, Super Bowl I, you know, that and, is and, my, and, and yes. grade them for me you in case do I the game, blow them off? I'll do the commercials. We'll meet back here Monday. Gotcha. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. Roll into news time. Weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming.